Hi, I'm Caroline Heitman. And I'm Anand Matrilla. And you're listening to Quirk's Commute. Quirk's Commute is all about bringing you easy information regarding your community and providing you with outlets for civic engagement in Albuquerque and New Mexico. This is our third midterm segment, so we're still rolling here with midterms. We've got some exciting content here today. What do we have? So the last few times we've talked about lots of positions, uh, like the federal positions and then some state positions. Today we'll be talking about governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and the five seats up for election on the Court of Appeals. Is that, did that's you say not five no, seats? I did say five seats. Five seats? That's crazy. How many judges are in the Court of Appeals? There's ten, actually. So that's not a majority. Not a majority. But almost. Almost a majority. <laughs> But let's talk about the governor's race. So a lot of people are hearing about this. I'm sure you've heard of at least one candidate's name being thrown around. This is a race drawing a lot of public attention. And I know it's a big deal. You know it's a big deal. But mm-hmm. why? Like, what is the governor actually doing? And why is it such a huge deal to be a governor? Sure. So the governor is a chief executive officer of New Mexico, tasked with the responsibilities of implementing state laws and overseeing the operation of the executive branch as a whole. So currently, it's being held by Susana Martinez, and we see her name in the news a lot because governor is important. Let's talk about what the governor does veto-wise. Everybody knows the governor has the veto power, right? Well, it has its limitations. So you have to actually go through very strict procedural policies if you want to veto state legislators. (laughs) Legislators, stop! (laughs) So, (laughs) you, if you veto, if you're the governor, let's say I'm the governor, I want to veto a non's legislature. I have to provide a reason and like write about it and tell everybody why I vetoed this. I can't just be like, I hate a non. I have to actually put forth procedural information about why I vetoed that. And if I don't, then the New Mexico Supreme Court could overturn my vetoes and then pass those state laws, which recently happened with 10 of Susana Martinez's vetoes. So you're saying that she doesn't have overall control of New Mexico? Nope. She is limited, just like the rest of us. And what other checks and balances are in place for that? Well, if the state legislature really, if there's a lot of bipartisan support for a bill, and I veto it because I hate you, then you get all of your state, your state legislative friends together and you can say, you know, we hate Caroline too. And if you get two-thirds majority of a vote, then you override my veto. So that's the legislative check to the executive balance. Got it. Okay. Okay. So you hear a lot of these governor candidates, they talk about some of the most important issues in New Mexico today. They'll talk about their job plans, educational plans, cannabis plans, healthcare plans, anti-crime plans. They'll throw a lot of that in your face and they'll say, well, this is my job plan, this is my healthcare plan. And a lot of them vary, and so it's really cool, actually, because a lot of them have it posted on their website and you can go and look at them. So who are the candidates for governor this this race? Well, we have Republican Steve Pierce. He's the current Congressional 2 District Representative. And then you have Democrat Michelle Lujan Grisham, Democrat Joseph Cervantes, and Democrat Jeff Apodaca. Honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be vulnerable here on this podcast. I feel it's a safe space. I heard that Libertarian Bob Welsh is a write-in, but then I couldn't find enough information to see if he was still running or if he dropped out or not. So... So if anyone knows about that, let us know. Let us know. We are learning as we go, and we need help. 
Now, the lieutenant governor, which, uh, Caroline, I'll be super honest, I had no idea what the lieutenant governor does, even though I actually used to be a lieutenant governor back in, uh, back in high school for a different... Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so the lieutenant governor provides, or, sorry, excuse me, presides over the state senate, and they serve as the acting governor when the governor is out of state. So, new vocab world, uh, word time, the lieutenant governor serves as the ombudsman for New Mexico. What, Do you know what the that heck? Was? No, I didn't even know how to pronounce it when I wrote that last night. So, um, we're going to say ombudsman, ombudsman. Ombudsman. T- we'll, t- we'll post a poll. No, so it's, it's ombuds. It's ombudsman. Okay. Bu- <laughs> ombudsman. Um, and this individual is appointed to investigate other individuals' complaints against maladministration, especially public authorities. This means that the lieutenant governor makes sure that the constituents, that's you and I, are Ooh. assisted in their dealings with state entities by explaining functions, duting, duties, and procedures of said entity. So, uh... Yeah, it's I like know. a tour guide. Basically, if I went, wanted a tour, not really. They are busy people. But theoretically, your lieutenant governor, part of their roles and responsibilities are to make sure that the average New Mexican has transparency and easy access and understands how their government is working. So if you are have some sort of encounter with the New Mexico government and you're trying to do something with the New Mexico government, part of the lieutenant governor's role is to help you navigate all of the bureaucracy and the political stuff. Exactly. So, the lieutenant governor runs uh, individually uh, in the primaries, but then after the primaries, when each party has one candidate for governor and one candidate for lieutenant governor, those two run together on the same ballot. So, you'll never have a Republican lieutenant governor and a Libertarian lieutenant governor, or sorry, a a Libertarian governor. They'll always be from the same party, which is pretty cool. So currently, our lieutenant governor is Republican John Sanchez, and running include Democrat Billy Garrett, Javier Gonzalez, Rick Miera, Howie Morales, and Michelle Garcia Holmes. Those guys are all Democrats. No, Michelle Garcia Holmes is actually a Republican. Oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) My bad. That's why I'm here. Please don't hurt me. Speaking of super cool executive positions, that doesn't sound scripted at all, the Attorney General is a licensed attorney who serves as the state's chief legal officer. Did you know that? Did you I know what the Attorney General did? I had no idea. No. Well, well, I'm about to tell you. Oh, I'm about to t- <laughs> I'm going to speak about it now. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. At- <laughs> the Attorney General is the licensed attorney who serves as legal counsel to the state, consumer advocate, and guardian of the public public interest. But again, what does this mean? What are these government websites trying to actually say? So the Office of the Attorney General is split into three groups. Operations, Criminal Affairs, and Civil Affairs. And these divisions represent... Um, oh, they represent and advocate for New Mexicans. So, if, like, I'm a New Mexican, you're a New Mexican. I am. If we had some sort of lawsuit, the office of the attorney general could technically maybe represent us in Medicaid fraud, elder abuse, environmental protection, consumer protection, and lots of really cool lawsuits. So the office acts as a public advocate and defender, proposing legislation, representing the state and the state agencies. So if somebody sues the state, the attorney general gets called, and basically acting on behalf of New Mexico in most legal cases. This sounds like a pretty noble position. That's what, yeah, I think it seems like they have the nickname apparently of the people's lawyer, which I just think is like, if 
you are the people's lawyer. You have peaked in life. Like, you will, that is it. You are done. You are the attorney general. You are the people's lawyer. And Pretty so, much peaked. And so who are the who are the candidates running for attorney general this Well, first of all, cycle? let's talk about the people's lawyer himself right now. It okay. is currently Hector Balderas, and he's a Democrat. And running for this position are the incumbent, Hector Balderas, and libertarian A. Blair Dunn. I don't know what their first name is. That's weird. Aubrey. <laughs> Right? Aubrey? I feel like Aubrey Dunn, we already talked about Aubrey Dunn. Uh, yeah, we did. Aubrey Blair Dunn? Yeah, no, but for a different position. Maybe there's There's a lot of Dunn's. I actually read an article about how there's like a, they're called the Runnin' Dunnins. I'm done with this conversation. (laughs) Keep, keep The Runnin' Dunnins, guys. Anyways, and (laughs) Republican Michael Eugene Hendricks. So now so. we're going to encourage you to vote one more time in case we haven't shoved that down your throats enough. Please vote. It's really important. Early voting is starting and ends uh, the 22nd. When does early voting end? June? When I was younger, let me tell you something. When June I was 2nd. Younger, yeah, okay, June 2nd it is. That's actually true. Uh, when I was younger, I was always told that democracy is not a spectator sport. You can't just be standing on the sidelines and have the country be running democratically. you got to get involved. So, hey, y'all, um, I know that some people don't like to vote. It's important to vote. Go vote. Um, and it's not cool to not vote. I don't know who brought that idea to the table, but it's just not cool to not vote. Like, that is not some weird, rebellious act. Like... If you think something is wrong with your government, then fix it. And one of the easiest ways to fix it is voting. So, really quickly before we wrap up, we gotta talk about the ten ju- or the, excuse me, the five judges on the Court of Appeals that are up for. Uh, oh yeah, this is very very cool. So this is actually a historical race because there are five women running for these seats, and that brings there are currently three women on the Court of Appeals, I believe. If you look at their picture, I counted three women, mm-hmm. but that's an opportunity for five women. It's a lot of women. It's pretty historical. It's not any, it's a number that the court has never seen before in terms of women judges. And it's, so basically, this part confused me, but I think I got it now. So a governor will nominate a judge based off of a selection list. And that judge then has to pass the next bipartisan election. So like the 2016 or 2018, 2020, depending on when they were elected whatever is the closest election, they have to win that election in order to serve the rest of their term, which is eight years. So when that election comes up, they, someone else from the opposing party is allowed to challenge them, which is why it's a race, even though they serve off of nominations. That's so interesting. I, I thought no that was idea. pretty cool, yeah. So who are the current, uh, who are the current judges? Um, for seat one, oh, I don't know the current judges, but running. Running, excuse me. Yeah, running, running, we have seat one, Democrat Christina Borgadus. I'm sorry, Christina. I'm sure you're a lovely person and I'm terrible. (laughs) Versus Republican Stephen G. French. Seat two, Jacqueline Medina versus Democrat Jacqueline Medina versus Republican Hank Bonhoff. Seat three, Democrat Brianna H. Zamora versus Republican Emile Keene. Again, sorry for butchering your names. Uh, Seat four, Democrat Megan Duffy versus Republican Daniel Jose Gallegos. And seat five, um, Jennifer L. Trepp is actually running unopposed. So these judges can actually serve for really, really long periods of time because once they pass that first election, right, so they were opposed, they still won, 
Now they've served eight years and they're up for retention. And retention is super interesting because they don't run opposed, but they still run for the public basically. So the public votes on whether they should stay in office and in New Mexico, if they don't get 50, 57% of the vote, then they're not held for retention and they don't stay in office. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, so what do you say? Do you want to wrap it up then? I think we've spewed enough information. Hopefully you learned like one thing. I just one. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, this is Quirks and keep it quirky Albuquerque. It's fantastic.